0: Hello, welcome back to Girls Gone Healthy. I'm your host, Emily Kaufman, and today we have a great conversation with Kathleen Trotter. She's an author and fitness instructor, and I love this conversation because we're talking all about self-sabotage, which you might not even realize that you're doing, but just the way that you're tackling your goals, the way that you're forcing habits, the way that you're taking on your days and structuring what you're doing, what your plan is, these things you might actually be self-sabotaging instead of setting yourself up for success. So we talk about really just the nitty-gritty of habit building and what habits should look like, how you go about starting them, right? Like from day one, how do you start? Then how do you improve once you get that going and how it starts to build on each other? So it's a great episode to get you back in the mindset of, I can do this. Let's stop self-sabotaging. Let's start stop making this harder than it seems. And so before we get started, make sure that you're subscribed so you never miss an episode and then go to the show notes because we have all the links to where you can find us on social media to become more of a part of the community. So come follow on Instagram. It's at Girls Gone Healthy Podcast. And then also our free Facebook group, Girls Gone Healthy, Healthy Tips in Your 20s. Because, you know, right now you're listening to this podcast, what, like 20, 30 minutes of your day? But the more that you're surrounded by, you know, these positive messages and this community that you want to be a part of with other people that are thinking like you, you know, just the more... Supported. So if you like free resources, you like community, come check us out at Girls Gun Healthy Podcast. All of the links are right down below. And I hope that you enjoy this week's episode. Hey guys, welcome back. Today we're joined by Kathleen Trotter and she's a fitness expert, personal trainer, writer and just overall health enthusiast. She's the author of two books, Finding Your Fit and Your Fittest Future Self. I'm so happy you're joining us today.
1: Tell you how happy I am. You know, I was listening to your podcast earlier today and I was motivated and inspired. And I want everything to be in the fitness industry to be more like you, right? Like so much of what we we get told is like, you got to be a whole new you. And it's like, no, I don't want to be a whole new me. Like maybe I want to be a whole, like a me that like works out more, drinks more water, sleeps more, but like, I like me. And I think what I loved about your podcast is it seemed like that was what you were trying to get across. Like love yourself, respect yourself and work out and eat well because you love and respect yourself. And be you know a you that is moves more but from a good place and anyway I was very inspired by your work.
0: Well thank you so much for that. You know I'm glad because that's the messaging that I want to put across but I'm glad that you know it actually is getting
1: how you want to be perceived is actually how you be like how you're perceived. I think that's a really interesting thing about getting older. What I realize so much is often how I think I'm what I think I'm putting out there. like perception and intent are so very very different. So it's nice when your intent is actually across.
0: Yeah. So I'd love to get to know a little bit more about your story. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and then your fitness background? Yeah. So you know the thing is, is
1: I wasn't always fit. And I would like to really start with that because I think people look at fitness professionals and they're like, oh, well, she was born that way. She's always motivated. It's easy for her. Uh, and that's just one of the ways that we self-sabotage, right? Because if you look at a magazine, and you're like, oh, that person was born that way. Then it's like, well, I shouldn't even try because she was born that way and that's for her and this is for me and I'll just be lazy for the rest of my life. I'll be stuck here. And so what I like to tell people is like, I'm not always motivated really hard. Some days I have, you know, some days I'm more me, the vibrant me that I want to be. And some days I, you know, it's like, okay, well today an A plus A is putting on my pants and not punching anybody, you know, like, but it's just that I'm hopefully uh, I'm trending in the right direction. And that's, that's the key that I like to instill in my clients. And I started, you know, 20 years ago, um, a healthy day was, I don't know, like not eating three servings of French fries. Like I really, honestly, I grew up overweight. I hated myself. I ate my way through my parents' divorce. I'm like six feet tall. I was super embarrassed. I was like bad posture. And, you know, I snuck food. I would do anything to get out of gym class. And it was a really slow transformation, but it started with my mother and she's amazing. And she's honestly the inspiration for my first book, Finding Your Fit. And basically what she said to me was, Kathleen, daily motion has to be a non-negotiable, but how you move needs to be, you have to meet yourself where you are. So, you know, the first sort of 17 years of my life, we would say like, you gotta go to gym class, you gotta do sports, you do all the things that like everybody else did. You gotta do ballet, you gotta do all these things. And I just hated it. And I was I was full of body shame and I just didn't wanna do it. I would, as I said, I would like to lie to get out of gym class, I'd pretend I'd cry. So eventually what she said was, okay, we're gonna take you to the YMCA. We grew up in a small town. So it was like the population, the demographic of the Y was like over 40 and under five, right, and like not, no one my age. So She's like, we're gonna take you to the Y. No one's going to be there there's going to be you don't have to compare yourself to anybody else you're going to get on the treadmill and you're going to literally walk for five minutes and i started with that i would do jane fonda videos at home like leg lifts and all that stuff and i would walk on the treadmill but then it just slowly morphed into, you know, I did longer walks, I did weights, I started taking aerobics classes. Uh, then I started teaching aerobics classes. Then I decided I wanted to do kinesiology in my undergrad. And then I always thought I would be a lawyer, but then I did that. And then I was like, no, I'm gonna do my masters. So I did masters in exercise science. I took my Pilates certificate. Now I'm a life coach. Like It just sort of like spiraled. But the most critical thing was getting, making those first win small enough that I could do it and I could see. This isn't that bad. Like I think so much of life is that our, we anticipate that things are going to be so much harder than they're going to be, and we make them bigger than they are. It's like, oh, I couldn't possibly do that. I'm not motivated. I'm not 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 not. And we sort of like shit all over yourself. You should be doing this, or you're not doing that. Oh, you, you know, you're a bad person. And when we should our over ourselves and we shame ourselves, then that is a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's like you say, or you're like, you're a lazy person. And then it's like, well, then you act like a lazy person. Versus If you say like, you know, you just haven't found your fit yet. Like, let's do that. Let's find something you, you know, you enjoy or at least something you don't despise and start there. So yeah. My mom is amazing. I love her. And um, yeah, that's really the the philosophy of the first book is find what works for you, meet yourself where you are, decide that daily motion is a non-negotiable, but you know, do you want to dance? Do you want to go for walks? Do you want to take your dog for a walk? Do you want to garden? Do you want to do yoga? Like, how do you want to move your body and do that? Do you want to be competitive? do something like that? Do you want to, you know, join a gym when you can go back to a gym? Is that something you want to do? Are you like a home gym kind of person? Are you, I call them a busy multitasker, the person who kind of peppers exercise into your day? Like, you know, I'm conference calling and I'm walking and I don't know, like, I feel like, I feel like you get that. Like, how have you, you found your fit with your athleticism and then it sort of morphed as you got older?
0: Yeah, no, like I definitely, you know, was involved with athletics and I felt, I found my fit, you know, in that scenario of my life. But then when that was taken away, you know, I can't work out at the gym twice a day anymore. I no longer have the purpose or the passion, right? Like my passion kind of left when I was retired. I was like, yeah, I was an athlete, but I'm not someone who goes to the gym and does bicep curls. <laughs> so I definitely did have to apply that to my life too. Of like, okay, how can I find my fit now in this new stage of my life? I think
1: that's an awesome thing. It's like you know, I think people think, okay, I'm going to master fitness. I'm going to get it perfect. And then I don't have to cross that off my list. And I don't have to think about it. And that's just not, we have the problem of privilege of figuring out our fitness until the day we die. Um, and you, it's going to change. You're going to have seasons in your fitness. And that's awesome. How cool is that, that you can be an athlete in your teens and then you can get like injured and then you have to find something else. And then you know what, maybe in 10 years, you'll do something different. Like I've gone through so many seasons of exercise in different ways and in different iterations. And all that I keep in mind is, as long as I keep moving, uh, every decade, every five years, every one year, whatever, it's all gonna change and that's okay. Like. The only thing that's constant in life is change, right? So you just have to be like, wait, I'm all in. I'm here. And then, you know, when I was in my 20s, I did Ironmans, and then I did marathons, and then I did half marathons. Um, and now I'm much more like I love my Pilates, I love my Peloton. Oh my God, I'm like addicted to Cody's like pop. I did this morning. I did um, uh, his Christmas pop like 30 minute class. It was so much fun. I was like, I was a bad mood before I started, and then I was a good mood after. And I mean, ultimately, that's the thing is like, the worse your mood, the more important the workout, the worse you feel, and you just find something and do it consistently, right? And yeah, the small things that you do every day, they, they add up and they compound, And but you gotta meet yourself where you are. And How you're gonna move your body at 60 is gonna be different than at 50 and at 40, and like, that's good, that's great, as long as you're moving your body, right?
0: yeah and it kind of sounded like for your story too you started off with really low expectations of yourself (laughs)
1: yes yes and no i think the thing is is that when i was quote-unquote failing and i don't i think that all experiences are data rich data so it's not looking back it's not that at the time i felt i was failing now i feel like i was like learning things but at the time when i made my expectations of myself really really high i kept not being able to meet them and i think that that's i always say to my clients: you've got to make the win small enough that you can actually do it because listen once you standardize a habit of being uh, active, you can optimize it. You can always make the habit better. You can go from walking ten minutes to walking thirty minutes. You can go from walking to jogging. You can always build. You can always tweak. But you gotta get the habit of actually moving before you can tweak anything, right? And I think that I think a lot of us try to be perfect, and we make these really unrealistic expectations of ourselves. Uh, And, you know, I don't know if I think we're like robots or like what we think we are, but, you know, we all have lives and and exercise has to fit in and be part of all that and eating well has to be part of that. And so you got to make it something that you could realistically do with the idea being that if you decide to go from walking 20 minutes to jogging 30 minutes in a month, that's cool. I love the phrase that you don't have to be great to start, but you do have to start to get great right? So just do something and it can always spiral into more. Uh, You got to standardize the habit before you can optimize it. And I think people try to optimize it. They try to be perfect, like perfect doesn't exist um, at at the best of times, but it definitely doesn't exist in in fitness. And it's a moving target of what your fit is and when you're going to move and all that stuff. So just decide what you're going to do today. Like what is the realistic thing that you can do today and then do the next thing tomorrow.
0: I love that. I love the idea of standardize it, then optimize it and we'll go back to that because I have a question first. So you mentioned, you know, you just fit this habit and you have to decide what you want to start with. But I feel like even that's a really overwhelming thing, right? Like when you want to live a healthier lifestyle, you're like, I need to run more. I need to stretch more. I need to meal prep more. How do you decide what that like one thing is that you should start with?
1: Well, I mean, there's a lot of things, ways that I can answer that question. I think ultimately, though, you have to um – um it doesn't have to be perfect. Like if you decide on one thing today, then it can change tomorrow if you want. But so, you know, at the end of the day, I like to get my clients to do an inventory of habits they want to replicate and habits they want to sort of eliminate. So do an inventory. It all sort of starts with that awareness muscle. First, you have to understand what you are doing. So then you can understand like what you want to change, what you want to keep. So just pick, like I honestly would just sort of say like pick something and then see if it if it helps or if it works. Um, with my clients, we really try to work on what's your top domino. So for me, if I work out in the morning. I make way better choices as the day goes on. Like that's definitely my top domino, but a lot of my clients their top domino is sleep. Like it's not that sleep is, sleep is important to everybody. Exercise is important to everybody. It's not, that's not what I'm saying. Like all of these things are cornerstones of good health, drinking water, vegetables, all that stuff. But everybody has one thing or two things that are gonna make more of a difference in their day than others. So, you know, maybe a place to start is just look back on your life and sort of think, okay, when in my life have I been the most successful? And what are the habits that helped me in that time, right? And okay, oh, I was exercising, I know that exercising made me feel less depressed. Okay, so then because I was less depressed, I didn't do as much binge eating. Um, so then, you know, maybe that just going for a walk would be your top domino. So I think that, yeah, becoming a little bit aware journaling, just sit down for five minutes and just sort of noodle on, okay, like what are the things that I actually enjoy doing? I love walking, okay, maybe start there. And when have I been successful in the past? Like, wouldn't it be my bright spots? You know, you might want to check out, I love Gretchen Rubin's work on the four tendencies. Like, are you an obliger? Are you a questioner? Are you a rebel? So that might help. Like if you look and you find your tendency, she has uh, quizzes online, then, you know, maybe what you do is you match your tendency towards your goal. So if you're an obliger, you're much more likely to show up for somebody else than yourself. So then maybe you say your goal is, you know, a 15 minute walk on the phone um, with one of your friends. You say, you know, if you says it's a questioner, then you're like, like, okay so maybe my top donor is doing a bunch of research to know like why exercise is really good for me so that might be a way to go but ultimately it's it's less about the perfect one and just trying one like just say okay there are captain obvious things that are good for health like we try to make health really fancy and expensive and all this stuff and i just call them the captain obvious right it's like drink more water eat more vegetables like Every single diet that you would go on is going to focus on vegetables. It's going to focus on quality food, right? It's all, all those things. So you could just pick one of the captain obvious things, sleep, water, walking, you know, um, and then just sort of say, okay, for the next week, I'm going to focus on that and see how it goes and just make the, 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 the win very small. So it's not a walk. It's like a 10 minute walk. It's not, you know, it's not going to the gym or working out. Like, what does that mean? You have to make it specific and small enough that you'll actually do it. Just pick something and go. And then, you know, I call it the Kathleen cycle in my book. It's like you act and then you analyze that action and then you implement that, that analysis. So, you know, if you say, okay, my goal is for the next week is to walk for 10 minutes a day. And at the end of the week, you're like, you know what? That wasn't enough. Okay. So do 15 or you say, you know what? I don't love walking. I'd rather dance. Okay, dance, but just start, just start.
0: Mm -hmm. No, and as you were talking there, I definitely knew what you meant with like the top domino. Because for me, like fitness is something that comes naturally. But there are still periods of times that I don't feel like working out. And it's not because I'm not focusing on fitness, but it's because I'm not eating well enough.
1: Interesting. So your top domino is more the food.
0: Yeah, because if I'm hungry, I'm not going to push myself to do a hard workout. But. if I'm not focusing on food, then I'll just keep sitting there snacking, you know? So for me, if I put that attention towards food, I'll actually work out more. So I've definitely found that.
1: That's so cool. And I think that most people listening hopefully can just sort of, you know, take five minutes tonight and just sit down and just think about yourself and what, like, what really, like, So much of health and wellness is just like learning to know who you are and what you want and what motivates you and letting go of what your favorite celebrity does and you know even you're listening to this and you sort of think oh like all these things Kathleen, are saying like none of that works for me that's great none of it has to work for you right like i like to think of it like a catcher mat so you throw me a ball of information and i'm like oh does this work oh it does okay i'm gonna keep it oh it doesn't i'm gonna throw it away oh you know what it might work later i'm gonna put it in my back pocket right so it's like you have lots of information uh, you got lots of opportunities of things to do with the information just because you get given it doesn't mean you have to do it, you know, but it's you know, like use it to sort of inspire other things.
0: Yeah, no, I love that because it's, you know, taking the ownership instead of because if you work with the trainer, if you work with someone else or you're trying to follow someone else's plan and you're like. Well, they keep saying like, this is the most important, but that's not how it works for you. Well, and
1: even if you do work with a trainer, like ultimately how I work with my clients is like, yes, I know the science. I'm the expert on the, that side, but they're the expert of their own body. And so it's very interesting to work with people and I'll say like, okay, so this is, you know, these are sort of like the pillars of fitness and they'll say, okay, well, this is great, but what about this? Or And we work together because they know, they know what is their top domino. They know what is actually going to motivate them because- and they know what's worked for them in the past. They know what their life realities are. Like if I say to you, do an hour long workout and you only literally have 15 minutes, but you have 15 minutes three times a day. Well, the hour long workout might be the best workout, but the benefits of the best of anything are moot if you don't actually do it. So I would much rather give you, you know, three, 10 minute things that you can do that you actually do versus an hour long thing that you're always like, Oh my God, I just, am that's not, that's impossible. And maybe, you know, a year from now, maybe you do an hour or something, but right now you know it's it's life is pretty crazy and so you got to meet yourself where you are like I think that we, co- we come back to that and really thriving in your own lane like again it doesn't matter what the favorite celebrity does like it's not about them you don't even know them and you don't like it's not about what I do it's you know listen and integrate and then, and then do what works, but just never use this idea of like, well, I can't do the perfect thing. So I will do nothing like that is negative brain propaganda. Like that is self-sabotage. You know, something is always better than nothing. And I think that we have an amazing ability as humans to self-sabotage. It's like, Oh, I had a cookie. I should have five. I might as well. Like I've already done, done all the bad. And it's like, this is the image I love with that. Okay. Imagine like you're eating and you get a little bit of mustard on your shirt i like, oh, i got a little mustard on my shirt. I'm just going to take this entire bottle of mustard, and I'm going to pour it all over myself. That's the equivalent of being like, oh, I had half a cookie. I might as well have 10, right? Like, we don't do that in a lot of the rest of our lives. Like, we don't miss a day of work and then be like, oh, I missed a day of work. I might as well just quit my job. But we do that with health and wellness. It's like, oh, I missed a workout. I might as well miss five. Oh, I spilled, you know, like, I had a little bit of chocolate. I might as well have the whole bag. So... I don't know. It's just this ability to sort of step back with health and wellness and just sort of like take a pause and appreciate and have that discernment to know like, when are you tricking yourself? When are you not? Why are you tricking yourself? Can you have that sort of, you know, looking at the balcony of your own life of sort of, okay, if somebody else was making this choice, if somebody else said, well, I had one cookie, so I might as well have 10. What would you say to them? You'd say, that's crazy. So you have to have that ability to sort of say to yourself, like, Yeah. You just want to have 10 cookies, which is fine. Like if you want to have 10 cookies, you're an adult, go have 10 cookies, but don't say that you had the 10 cookies because you had the one cookie. So you had to have 10, right? Like just own the fact that you're like, I've decided that today I'm going to have 10 cookies. Like fine. I always say that to clients when they say like, Oh, I couldn't do this workout. I'm like, if you didn't do the workout, that's fine. Just say I didn't do it, but you could have done it. You just prioritize something else, which is fine. There's no judgment on it, but I don't know, you had a podcast that I was listening to that you sort of said about the idea of getting out of bed. And when you get out of bed, when you say you're going to, you teach your brain that you're going to show up for yourself. And I really think a lot of that is what health is about, is teaching yourself that if you decide you're going to work out, you do it. If you decide you're going to eat well, you do it. But part of that is having the realistic expectations. Like don't set yourself a goal that you know you can't do. Like I see that so often. People are like, I'm going to work out for an hour and a half every day. I'm like, Okay, win in your schedule. Show me the hour and a half of your time. They're like, well, I don't have the hour and a half. So like setting yourself up for failure. So instead, make a realistic goal, like 15 minutes that you actually have, do it. And then you're like, oh, I pat myself in the back. Like I did it. And then it's like the little win that I started with on the treadmill walking. It spirals into more. And you're slowly teaching your brain. I show up for myself. I'm, I'm a professional about my health. And yeah, and part of that showing up for yourself and being a professional is that ability to sort of step back and and say like, I'm not going to persuade myself or delude myself into these unhealthy choices. I'm either going to own them or I'm not.
0: No, I love that. And then, you know, you've been talking about this idea of taking on too much. And I think that probably the hardest thing with habits is not the optimization, right? Because that's when you are like, okay, I'm already good at this. I just want to improve it. But it's really making it a lifelong habit in your life. Like Once you get over that two-week hump of like, oh, I was so motivated, but now this is hard. So when you see people do that, do they fail because they're taking on too much? Or how would you recommend they move past that?
1: I love, love, can't even tell you how much I love this subject. Okay, this is like my favorite. So think about motivation as akin to an emotion. comes up and down like this right the problem is that people make goals when their motivation is really high so they're like you know it's the january 1st they they're like i'm going to be great so fit in 2021 they're feeling really like pumped they come to see me and they're like feeling pumped because they're doing personal training session i'm going to be awesome i'm going to lift weights every day the problem is we don't need the goals when our when our motivation is high it's pretty easy to make yourself go and work out it's easy to eat well what we need is systems that help us ride, like future you is going to be sad, tired, depressed, angry. Like that's just, you're human. You're eventually going to feel those emotions. And guess what? If you have a bunch of crap in your house, when you're low motivation, you're going to eat it for the most part, eventually. So what I tell people is the biggest thing is you have to create systems that save your future less motivated, tired, angry self for when you don't want to do your goals. And I think it's important to to differentiate the idea of like a habit and a choice because habits happen fairly um, unconsciously. The idea of like you brush your teeth, you don't really think about it, right? You just do it. So once something is actually truly a habit, it's easier. The habit just sort of takes on a momentum of itself. Like you just sort of do it because you've always done it. But in order to create the thing to be a habit, that takes quite a while. And that um, takes intentionality. So in order for you to do the, the brushing the teeth, it's fairly like you just do it. That took years of your parents saying, I'm like, to brush your teeth. So you don't think about it, right? So for the first, whatever it is, like month, two months, three months, as you're creating those habits, um, It has to be very intentional and you need those systems. So that's where we go back to figuring out what motivates you. So if you know that you, you are very likely to skip a workout when you're unmotivated, that's when you get a fitness buddy, because you're more likely, especially if you're an obliger in the uh, Gretchen Rubin rubric, you're more likely to show up if you have somebody waiting for you. Right? So for me, I love chocolate. I allow myself, I allow myself to eat chocolate. Life's not worth living without it, but I don't have it in my house because if i have it in my house i am going to eat it at 11 o'clock one night when i'm really tired depressed whatever so that's my system and i'm not saying that that should be your system but my my point is is that while you're creating choices to become a habit while you're creating that habit you have to intentionally set up systems that make like nudge you towards those habits. Uh, and I'm a really big fan of um, James Clear. He wrote the book Atomic Habits. And so he talks a lot about, you know, just making habits really convenient, really like things that you enjoy. So all the, the, the positive habits you sort of are nudged towards, and then you make your Less than ideal habits, much harder to get to. So, he says the story in one of his books where um, one of his uh, people set up his TV with like a bike. And so, the only way the TV would work is if he was pedaling his bike. So, like, that would be an extreme system, but that is an example of a system where you're setting up the future you who is less motivated up for success, right? So, um, yeah, the net of all of that is no one is always motivated. I'm not always motivated, right? Like, we are human, we're not robots, and we have to appreciate that we're human. And I think sometimes we think that we're not or we expect ourselves to be not. And then when you expect yourself to be something that you're not, you are gonna fail. Like you're setting yourself up for, for failure, right? So say into your brain, like I can only be human. I'm not a robot and as a human, my emotions go like this, my motivation goes like this. I think it's called the motivational wave. The idea is like you have to surf that wave and in order to be able to surf the lower parts of it, the systems that you set up in advance are critical. Uh, And if you set up systems for long enough times, then eventually the choices that you want, those healthier habits become more and more habitual, which then you don't have to think about it. They don't take as much cognitive load and then they more or less just happen. Not always, I still need to force myself to work out um, some sometimes, but more or less, it's not a negotiable in my head. Like it's not a like, will I, won't I? It's just like, you just do it for the most part. But that's 20 years of this, like creating these systems and riding that wave. And I don't know. That was a lot. I just vomited a lot of information at you. That's a, I get excited about that topic. Is anything in there like, work with you?
0: Yeah, no, I love those words that you chose too. like, it's a choice before it's a habit. Because I think for me, you know, like With this quarantine, gyms have been open and closed and open and closed. And so I don't think that I've actually made it a habit in my life right now. It really is a choice because I still am working out, but I never know what I'm doing. Sometimes it's a virtual workout. Sometimes I like try to go in. And so I think that, you know, instead of me just being like, oh, why do I work out? It's part of my routine. It's so much more empowering. And it's actually me being intentional when I say it's a choice. That's why I worked out. Because it's honestly not a habit. It's not happening like automatically right now.
1: Yeah. And maybe when the gyms reopen and all this is over and in our rear view mirror, it becomes more of that habit, you, you know, I think intention is a really important word um, when I work with my clients. Like it's really, it's important for myself. Like, So right now we're in the holiday season um, and it's I've intentionally decided that I will make my christmas special it's not going to be like everything else every other christmas right um and i have to decide that i'm going to make special experiences i'm going to really intentionally find the joy because I am stubborn and I care about the holidays, and I'm not going to let COVID sort of take that from me. So, you know, maybe you're listening to this in March, fine, it doesn't matter. The message is still the same. You have to decide, you have to architect the life you want, and you have to decide how you're going to live it. And the thing about habits is they happen whether you intentionally create them or not, right? So, you have to create your habits by design versus default. You're going to do habits people sometimes think, well, I'm going to go on a diet or I'm going to go on a workout routine. And the thing about it is you're on a diet or a workout routine, no matter what, sometimes you're just more intentional and more aware of it. And sometimes you're not, but if you're sitting watching Netflix, guess what? That's your workout routine, do nothing. And that's, again, it's not, that's not a judgment. It's just a fact. And you have to be aware enough of that. And some days that's my workout routine, like hanging out and chilling. I'm like, intentionally, I'm like, I need to rest it. I want to rest it. That's okay. But it's, it, I've intentionally decided that that's how I want to spend my day. So that's, I think, a really key thing to understand is just because you're not paying attention to your health doesn't mean your health is not happening. Um, and then you have to say, like, OK, is this or am I going to create my habits by default? Like, are they just going to happen? Like, is life going to sort of sweep me over or I'm going to create them by design? And listen, this whole thing, this COVID and everything has been really hard. So I'm not arguing that I've at all been perfect because perfect doesn't exist. Um, and I've definitely had to change, you know, what I define as success. And a lot of weeks success is just showing up and like being the, you know, the best that I can do. And sometimes the best is, you know, relative to the circumstances pretty crappy. Um, but I keep showing up, I keep working and, um, and I, as with everything, like nothing in life is sort of permanent. So, Yeah, even if you're listening to this 10 years and, and, you know, we have not been in COVID anymore, like, I think the message is still the same is that life is busy, no matter what, right, kids and work and everything. It's so easy to get kind of swept around by that. And I think we all need to just take that pause and step back. And again, just sort of be like, okay, I'm looking at the balcony of my life. I'm looking, I'm looking down and what do I see Um, You know, another thing I often say to myself is like, if I was an alien coming down from outer space and I I watched Kathleen for a month, what do I think her top values are? Like, what what do I think of her as a human? Um, And I want the alien to think that, you know, I'm really good to my family, I'm good to my partner James, I'm good to our dog Olive, I want them to think that I care about my health, care about my clients, like... And I think there's just been times in my life that if aliens have come down and watched me, they would not say that. They would say, oh, Kathleen doesn't like herself very much. Kathleen says she prioritizes X, but actually does Y. So, I don't know, that's an interesting in- way to inventory, like sort of like what would an outside observer say that I think is important versus what do I pretend that I, like what do I say, like an aspirational value that I have versus like a lived value. Like how do I actually live versus how do I
0: say I want to live? Yeah, no, because that is so important. Because a lot of times, you know, I feel myself thinking or making plans for like all these things I want to do. But yeah, you know, if you look at it from an outside perspective, that kind of keeps you in check of like, are you actually living that way?
1: And it's hard, right? Life is hard, and it's you know, again, I'm definitely not advocating that I'm at all perfect or I have it all figured out or whatever. I sometimes listen. You listen, talk to James. I'm often a hot mess right now. I'm pretty good because I love talking about health and wellness, but. We're all just human and we got to give ourselves a little bit of grace, but we got to hold ourselves accountable with compassion. I think that's a key, like, so I do a five week group coaching course and it's called kick your ass with compassion. Um, And it's because I, I think that that's a really key thing in life is like, you have to hold yourself accountable, but you have to do it because you love yourself and you have to say, oh, interesting. You didn't go to the gym. Like you didn't work out today. Why is that? You know, were you feeling overwhelmed? Did you not get enough sleep? So it's not like, you didn't go to the gym. It's not a shaming yourself. It's a like, so let's analyze this experience. Let's use all this as data. Um, And if I want, you know, my future self to be like fit and happy and healthy and vibrant, like what are the things that I want to replicate from today? And what are the things that I want to eliminate? And how do I, how do I sort of live the life that I want to live?
0: Yeah, I love that. I got so much out of this conversation. So I just have
1: one question for you. Do you, what's your, like if you had aliens looking down at you, what do you, what would you want them to say is your top value? Like your, what is the thing that sort of is your, I don't know, guiding light?
0: So I don't know what like the word for this would be, but I want to be like the light that shines brighter. So that way, like the people around me shine brighter. Have you heard of that? I love it.
1: I don't know what, yes. I don't know what I would call that, but I love that. And I think I think when I listen to your podcast, I think you are.
0: Thank you. Yeah. Cause I don't really know like what, like the one word value would be to that, but there is like this story about like, you know, like if you're a candle and you're lighting everyone around you, like that doesn't make you any less bright. I,
1: I know. Yeah. No, I love that uh, metaphor. I think it's Peter Levine that talks about that, that idea of you don't have to diminish somebody else's light in order to be strong. Like we can all light our own candle. I love that. That is a really, really lovely image to end off, especially in this crazy time, right? Of this idea of all of us just lighting our own, uh, each other's candles and growing brighter all together. I like that.
0: Yeah. Thank you. So yeah, I'd love to, you know, give you a minute here. Where can people come find you and your books, all of that?
1: Yeah, so my website is Trotter.com and so you can, yeah, information on my coaching and my books is there. Um, I also have a great like a COVID pack. So it's like articles, web, um, websites, podcasts that I found really helpful at this time, things that I've written. Uh, so you can check that out. I'm Kay Trotter Fitness on all the socials. So Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter. And uh, yeah, send me questions. I always love to talk about this stuff.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on today. This is great. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast, do me a favor and take a screenshot right now and post it on your Instagram story. You can tag me at Girls Gone Healthy Podcast, at Girls Gone Healthy Podcast. Come say hi, come say what's up. I'd love to connect with you, and this would help support me to continue bringing you free content. See you next time.
1: This podcast is a part of the C Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.